thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. Here with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. And behind the cameras, Larry Smith. There he is. Larry, you got that, you got that microphone ready? <laughs> you, better, you better pull it over. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like Larry doesn't get the uh, the recognition that he deserves. I know he doesn't <laughs> want to be in front of the camera or yeah. uh, with a mic, but uh, we really couldn't do this this without him. That's true. The uh, last podcast of the year was, uh, you looked a little fuzzy, mm. and that was my fault, because Larry was gone and I didn't get it queued up correctly on you. Yeah. So, yeah, Larry's back. We'll give Larry force, a, we'll force a, pro- Larry. a producer's credit. Yeah, put that on your resume, Larry. <laughs> We're getting started a little late in the in the uh, on the Thursday morning, later than usual. It's yeah, al- it's almost well, eleven. Yeah, a little later. So, well, it is the uh, it's the new year, George. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? As it's the new year, most people, even non Christians, are like, you know what? It's a new year. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on something with me this year. Um, could be, obviously, people are like, I'm going to lose weight. That's the most obvious one. But in general, people are like, you know what, I'm going to improve myself this year. And I think Christians, too, they they do the same thing. They think it's a good time, it's a new year, let's start a good Bible reading plan or something like that, and that's pretty popular. But it could be something else. This year I'm going to pray more, you know. I'm going to work on this more. So I thought, let's talk about, we're not going to go through like every spiritual discipline. But let's do a podcast to try to like help people. Like, how do I foster uh, disciplines in my life? Because I really, I really think uh, disciplines are—they're like the key to growing as a Christian. And it's, it's different. And I can't remember where I heard this, but a habit you'll drop as soon as something becomes difficult or you don't feel like it. You know what I mean? or circumstances aren't right. But a discipline you're going to do whether you mm. feel like doing it or not, it's just because that's what you do. Right. And so how do you you know, practically go about fostering spiritual disciplines? And I think mm. we could talk about a few of them. Maybe we talk about Bible intake and prayer and um, maybe solitude a little bit or, or even the practice of coming to church. Oh, Uh-oh. maybe that's the first one we hit. Um, but let's talk about it. I think it'd be good. But before we do, George, I know you're just waiting to probably hit me with something ridiculous. Because we haven't done a free-for-all in a while. So there's no telling what you've, well, I've you've got, got, a, got over there I've for got me. A, i got a couple of things just to, just to laugh at. Yeah? Yeah. Um, first thing is uh, this was sent to us by, well, it was sent to me by one of our members. And I... I I enjoyed it. It's it's just an advertisement. It's an adver- advertisement for uh, Speechify. Have you ever heard of Speechify? No, uh, I have not. Take take. Uh, I mean, it's turned stuff into audio books. Um, Speechify. But what do you mean? Well, you, you'll see. You, you, you like write a book and then the, it'll turn it into you'll audio. See the, you'll, you'll see the. You'll see the advertisement. Will, well, well. If I, I write a book, will you narrate the audio book? I will. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Will. Yeah. Challenge, uh, but challenge uh, this is uh, this is an advertisement for Speechify, and it's uh, it it focuses on uh, Bible reading, and uh, I just thought it was that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> right. I, if I ever, I, I usually don't listen to audio Bible, 
but uh, after watching this advertisement, this is the only way that I, I think I'll ever mm-hmm. listen to an audio Bible. So, okay. So here you go. Here you go, Jay. Here, let me. Oops. There we go. What up, those Big Snoop D O Double G. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. And it was good. And God divided Oh my goodness, he's speeding it up. In the darkness, he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. Let me tell you what, George. That is perfect marketing. That, okay, because I will never forget Speechify ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can. I guess you can take pictures of of pages. And, yeah. and it will read it. That needs for you, to be shown in a marketing can, class you can, <laughs> across America. But if you uh, if you want to listen to Snoop Dogg, <laughs> read, read the Bible. Bible. <laughs> yeah. What other voices are on there? I don't know. Oh, I'm get. Defi- know, I'm definitely trying that for free. Yeah. Did you see that pop up? Try it for free. Yeah. I'm definitely trying that for free, and I will be downloading. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a really funny combo and bring it back next Friday. Okay, all right, all right. that's good. I thought you'd enjoy that. I did enjoy that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, very interesting. The Bible. Yeah, you know, one of the most surreal things is, you know, walking through Walmart and there's a there's a display for um, you know, lighters mm-hmm. and it's Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. How did this happen? How did they, how did they become friends? I don't know. I don't know. That's so funny, dude. Did they meet in jail? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they became, they became friends in jail. They met up in the yard. Yeah. I don't know, but, um, yeah, they, they do commercials and <laughs> it's just so weird. Mm. <laughs> Strange friends. Mm. Yeah, but if you, uh, you know, we're going <laughs> to talk about spiritual discipline of reading the Bible. They're the real Tamun and listen. Pumbaa of Maybe our you age. could just... <laughs> Aren't they? Maybe what will help you be disciplined in your Bible reading is listen to Snoop Dogg read it to you, <laughs> read it to you every morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's good. I like it. All ran, right, ran across some tweets. Yeah, you got, do you have more? Uh, I've got one more. Oh, okay, I got one more. Right. I got one I'm more. Here for it. This it is, is for, uh, it you, is pro- you, pro- you probably have seen this. You've probably seen this or something like it. But this one was uh, this one was particularly funny. <laughs> it's you know, uh, liberals think that they're just owning Christians when they point out that Jesus wasn't white. It's uh, it's the funniest thing for me to watch. You know, yeah, I, you'll see you'll see a tweet. Yeah. Uh, you're saying that Jesus lived in in you know the Middle East, and he came across guys named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> Those are the best. Those are the best. They're so funny. They're so funny. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but this one, this one was pretty funny. Jesus wasn't white. He was born in a primarily Muslim country. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 this is what I've tried to try to instill in my in my children, mm. right? To understand that uh, when you're talking to someone 
who is um, like really anti-Christian, mm. they're probably not really smart. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you ever seen that uh, deal where Bart Ehrman dresses down the room full of atheists? This is what makes this is what it reminds me of hmm. about them saying Jesus did wasn't re, like didn't wasn't real, hmm. and he pretty much tells them to stop because they look stupid. <laughs> That's what he says. He's like, yeah. I know this is a favorite thing of yours to mm-hmm. go and try to attack a Christian and say there's no evidence Jesus ever existed. You guys are stupid. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And he's like, No, you guys are the stupid ones. Yeah, he existed. Hmm. There's not a historian on the face of the planet that believes he didn't. Right. Stop. Yeah. But they just buy into it. I mean, it's it's Twitter, it's Google, it's social media. You know, I have a degree from TikTok on the on the uh, on the early teachings <clears throat> of Jesus. That's how people are 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 gathering their information. Right. Jesus in a Muslim country. He was a time traveler, it's primarily or, in a Muslim country. Or, Come on. Or Muslims were time travelers. I, I saw I don't know how that works. I saw another one. Um, I don't know. I don't even know when, um, but it was um, something about he was in a Palestinian country, right? Like, know your history. <laughs> there's yeah. like there's like a timeline, mm-hmm. and uh, Islam was not around when Jesus was alive. Yeah, that's. Centuries, yeah, centuries, yeah. several, after. several hundred years, like four hundred, maybe even five hundred years. I can't. Yeah, I want to say, say it's. I want to say it's five or six hundred years. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it's That's a good one. I mean, it's it's just funny. That's a good way to get your day started with a good old laugh. Yeah. Well, shall we jump into this spiritual disciplines? Like how to foster spiritual disciplines? Um, a good book. Right, which you could use if to go through. Maybe, maybe we do a podcast on each of these. What if we did one on each of these disciplines? Do you think that would be helpful? If you think it would be helpful, why don't you comment in the podcast and let us know? But anyway, there's a book. It's uh, by Donald Whitney. It's Donald Whitney. It's a really good book. Spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Here it is. It's. It probably doesn't look like this anymore. They probably have a new one that looks cooler. Um, let's see what uh, I got this one a long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but this is a this is a good book. Um, discipline disciplines are, I think it was uh, A. W. Pinky said something like, uh, "Spiritual disciplines are like the like the rafters that enable you to like construct mm. maturity of the Christian life." Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I think first it's important before before we jump into fostering these disciplines, trying to trying to aim at and 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 strive for maturity in the Christian life and growing as a Christian. I think the first thing you have to nail down, George, is absolutely essential. Is you have to nail the ju- the doctrine of justification first, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't, what's going to end up happening yeah. is you're going to look at your failures as you are. Trying to trying to grow in a Christian life, and you're going to work them backwards mm-hmm. and start to wonder: Are you a Christian or not? Right. So before you begin this journey, yeah. you nail the doctrine of justification by faith alone. This is what Paul does in all his letters, right? Yeah, he, he, front, he front loads his letters yeah. with the gospel, and then he mm-hmm. moves to practical. E- even in Galatians five, 
as mm-hmm. he's getting into uh, contrasting walking in the flesh and mm-hmm. living a life by the power of the Spirit yeah. and cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, that is front-loaded <clears throat> with the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Yeah. So that's important yeah. to have that. Yeah, and it helps, you, um, it helps you when you fail in these disciplines also. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a sense in which people feel like God is angry with them mm-hmm. because they're not doing enough. Right. And the doctrine of justification by faith alone reminds us that we are saved by the works of Christ mm-hmm. and not by anything that we have ever done or ever will do. And so when God looks at a Christian, he sees the perfect obedience of Christ. And so you're, you are accepted by God in Christ. And nothing that you you do or don't do will ever make you more acceptable to God or less acceptable to mm-hmm. God than you are right now in Christ. And that's a very encouraging thought. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We um we want to we want to grow out of that accomplished finished work. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be doing these thinking that they are somehow affecting that one. We're yeah. trying to grow out of that, the love of Christ which already is in us, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is already in us. We do have the fruit of the Spirit in us, um, love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. What we want to do is see those things grow in maturity. Yeah, it's um, the idea is here is who you are by union with Christ, you are. Um, we we will see this in Hebrews. He's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So you already are perfected. You already are have unbroken access with God. Yeah. Now become who you already are. Yes. Um, be be who you are. And so that's we see that in he, and Ephesians, mm-hmm. Ephesians. We've we've got the first three chapters. Paul ta- talking about who we are in Christ. That God has has chosen us, and Christ has redeemed us, and the Spirit has um, brought us into union with Christ and applied the the promises of God to us. Um, we once were dead in our sins and trespasses, but now God has made us alive with Christ, and He's actually seated us in the heavenlies. And then chapters four through six are be who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you're seated with Christ, so grow in the Christ likeness. Yeah. Um, in the in the here and now. Right. So there's there's this uh, these two ideas that we hold together. Yeah. So in Ephesians, putting off the old, <clears throat> putting off the old self, putting on the new. There's a step in between that. Yeah. But you put off the old man. Mm-hmm. Be renewed in your mind. Yeah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, well, well, and then R. C. Sproul's ministry called That's "Renewing true. the Renewing Your Mind." That's right. It's from that verse. I use the uh, I always use the illustration of you know you're you're outside working in your yard and you're all sweaty and and dirty and you go inside and you take off the dirty clothes, but you don't immediately put on the clean clothes, right? Because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than there's nothing worse than putting on clean clothes when you're Still dirty, right? Mm. So you go take a shower, and then you put on clean clothes. Maybe putting on wet socks. 
Yeah. That might be worse. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. Wet socks got to come off immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you put off you put off these these sinful actions, and you're renewed in your mind by the word of God. Mm-hmm. The the word of God tells you why you should do things the way that you're supposed to do them, mm-hmm. and then you put on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have two thoughts before we jump in. One from Philippians. If I could turn there, and I think it, it it'll come down to the motivation, right? How do we, uh, how are we to understand our motivation to do this? Well, the initial drive of this motivation, we should know, does not even come from ourselves to begin with. And Paul tells us when he tells us to uh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, where are we at? Uh, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So if there is some if there is a good positive motivation that I have, like that's a gift from God. Like he's put it in there. Right. Now I've got to be obedient to it. He's lit the fire. So it's going, the fire's going. So now I got to get down there. Like you ever see people when they're building a fire and I got to start blowing on the fire, mm. right? And as it starts to, to, to go, then I just add some logs on it and stuff. But who's behind it? Who's the fire? Who's causing this? This is, this is God. But we have to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is this active component to it. So we should keep that in mind. We should also keep in mind all of the things that, that Paul writes about striving and effort. Disciplines are not fostered, and they don't become they don't become a discipline without effort. So, we are to put that in and uh, strive after this, and not be lazy. Yeah, we uh, we talk a lot about um, monergism in salvation. Mm-hmm. God, God is the the author of salvation. He do, he does it all: election, redemption, um, call. And application, you're right. Uh, but sanctification is more synergistic. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's not equal. It's not fifty fifty. The the emphasis is always on what God has done. Mm-hmm. We're we're called to join in with what God has already done. We we even see that um, in Ephesians two verse ten. We're we're probably familiar with verses eight and nine that we're we are uh, by grace you have been saved and this through faith, not mm-hmm. by works. Um, it's a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps going in verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah. So God has prepared good works for us when we are called to obediently walk in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, <clears throat> we need to remember too that even though we are, we are emphasizing that we are to actively put in the forth this effort. Um, we're to be striving after. We can't accomplish anything if if we aren't actually abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. We should always remember that. In John fifteen, John fifteen, Jesus elaborates on this so clearly that apart from Him we can do nothing. So we must as uh, we must be in the vine. We must be abiding with Christ in the life. The life of God flows into us from the work of the Son through the Spirit 
and we're able to bear much fruit. And, and he talks about that, mm-hmm. that we can bear much fruit. But that's the key is to abide, to abide in Christ. It's possible to do all of these things. There are many spiritual people in the world, George, that have profound spiritual disciplines they follow, even in other religions. They are not abiding in Christ or in Christ. There are even Christians, perhaps, um, monks and things of that nature. Wouldn't Luther remind us of this, that you can practice spiritual disciplines and not even know the Lord? Mm-hmm. So let us uh, know that behind all of this, we must be abiding in Christ. All right, all right. Let, let's let's yeah. talk about it practically. They might be helpful. Uh, now, we are a little different because we're we're pastors, right? And not not lay pastors. Lay pastors will even look a little different. We this is what we do. But what what does your spiritual discipline kind of look like? What's what do you try to foster? Like this year, maybe what this year? What are you going to try to try to do in your in your life? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, even the ones that have been developed, or you continue to develop them, right? Got to stay on them. Yeah, Just keep doing them. Um, and I think that uh, I think there can be this idea that well, you're a pastor and it's your job to study the Bible, so you must just get right into it and mm-hmm. it's super easy all the time, and you never have any setbacks or or any distractions and. I wish that was the case, but there are days that I show up to the office and I was like, man, where's my motivation? Um, so I, I have to discipline myself still to um, be in the text, mm. not just uh, not just be in it to, um, you know, check something off the box, but actually I want to learn, I mm-hmm. want to grow. So that it's just a continual process of disciplining myself to not just not just open up the bible but to meditate upon god's word apply it to my own life mm-hmm. um, it, it's really easy it's really easy to uh to show up and i'm in the text and it's always for somebody else right right <laughs> you yeah know, you're it's, it's you're, always it's always it's always um you're studying for, either to get a sermon make mm-hmm. a bible study or answer a question somebody mm-hmm. has right someone sent you a question yeah and uh, of course, we're we're going to be doing that. I mean, that's that's what we're devoting our our time to is is the church. But if we're not uh, if we're not taking it in and meditating upon it and applying it to our own lives, then we're going to be like uh, the Apostle Paul, who says that uh, I discipline my body, lest after I've saved others, I myself am disqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, so just fostering um, continued study. And and meditation upon God's word, letting it actually affect my heart. That's that's ongoing. Of course, prayer. Um, I mean, prayer is uh, it's it's just a challenge. Um, even after all these years of of teaching on it and disciplining myself, it's still one of those things that, and I I just want to I want to be more prayerful. I want to be. Uh, I want to go deeper in my prayer life. That makes sense. Um, so that's something that I want to to discipline myself to do. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I just want to be a better shepherd, and I have to discipline myself to do that uh. because it. I mean, we we come up here 
We like to read. Both of us like to read. We like to study. Um, and it's easy to forget that what we're supposed to be doing is this for the sake of the church mm-hmm. and not just on, not just for preaching, but actually shepherding um, the people. So those are some things that I am mm. trying to work on mm-hmm. more, disciplining myself more. And uh, it just takes a conscious effort mm-hmm. to, to do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, um, looking through looking through the book at the the spiritual disciplines, it it really is just the basics that you, you don't really move past those in disciplining your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bible intake. It's got two chapters on that. Yeah, you don't really move past that. Right. I mean, you 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 keep wanting to to read because. The Bible as this supernatural book, you never, you never master it, right? Like in in your life, you're never going to get to the point where you're like, all right, um, <clears throat> I know it all, <laughs> I've I understand it all completely, um, I've applied it all to my life. What's next? Yeah, I mean, you're going to constantly need it more and more mm-hmm. every year. Same with prayer. You're never going to get to the point where you say. I'm satisfied with my prayer life. Right. You're you're always wanting to do more. Um evangelism. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll know, talk about we'll, we'll talk about some practical ways we can do these things, yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you I want uh, so <clears throat> last year I wanted to try to figure out a way to cultivate disciplines in my kids' lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to to see me like reading the Bible more, mm. yeah. Because if we if you do it up here, no one <laughs> no one ever see you. Yeah. So <clears throat> I meet with them in the morning and we read the Bible. I'm trying to teach them this idea. It's kind of an idea that I came up with. Kind of works good for me. Uh, maybe start you start small. So with them, like I'll like maybe set a timer. Just say like we're just going to read this book for this amount of time. Mm. And Drake reads way too fast for us. Like he retains it; he has a very high reading level. So he's usually like waiting for me and Brooke to get done. But we'll read through, uh, and then we'll just we'll talk about it together. What I'd like to do is get up earlier. That's a different discipline altogether. <laughs> right. But I want to get up earlier, maybe spend time by myself mm. and th- just reading, yeah. not for anything, not for anything at all, but just to read. Mm. So that's that's a so that I that I've found helpful even when I wasn't doing stuff with them, is I'll just sit a, a timer and just read. Um, and you start small at first, because you're, you're trying to, this is Bible intake, we're getting into Bible intake, mm-hmm. one method. You wanna start small at first, like if you don't have this discipline, set a timer for five minutes, okay? Well, if the timer goes off and you're and you're really enjoying reading and spending time with the Lord, just keep reading. right? But don't stop before the timer goes off. Yeah. So after a while, though, you'll start to develop a a discipline because you're you're really rewiring your mind and your body to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and God's wired us that way, right? We are incredibly malleable. Is that the correct? Are we're adaptable, malleable to different things? But it takes time, and mm-hmm. so just set the timer for five minutes. Read for five minutes. Anybody can do that, no matter how busy they are. Then yeah, as you begin and- to grow. <laughs> Make the timer longer. Yeah, and um, I've I've run across people before that 
their complaint is, well, I just don't read. Yeah. Um, first, that's a lie. <laughs> Everyone reads. You you read so much that you you don't even realize yeah. what you're reading. Yeah. Um, but two, that's not a good excuse because the creator of the universe knows better than you, and he's given us a book. Yeah, that's what that's what was kind of what I was going to say. That's kind of my comeback because yeah. I was someone who didn't read mm-hmm. whenever I was converted. Yeah, I didn't read any books. Like the, I think I had read Jurassic Park when I was like maybe in the ninth grade. That's it, George. I'm not kidding you. A lot of guys don't they don't sit down and read books, right? But they'll read magazines or you know articles espn they'll re- yeah they'll they read yeah, about their sports team yeah yeah um, they'll read so the yeah. the the excuse that i don't read um yeah you probably do uh the problem is you're not disciplined right. <laughs> you're not disciplined to read the right things so yeah if god's revealed him revealed his word to us mm-hmm. in a book yeah we're not talking about a book like if you don't read uh patterson novels like, or you don't like fantasy novels, whatever. You don't like to read biographies. I don't care. Don't read. Don't yeah. spend your time reading. But because God gave you a book, then you need to read that book. Right. Yeah. I don't. I mean that that could, that applies you're, you're, to other. I mean, books. you're missing out if you're not if you're not reading um, other books. But yeah. guess if what? You ne- if you never read any other books, you have to read this one. Guess what? I don't do George. I don't sing. But guess where I sing? Yeah. I sing in here on Sunday. Right. So it doesn't apply. Yeah. We're not talking about everything else in the world. We're talking about God and what he's given us. You don't sing, you're not you don't you don't you're not driving down the road by no. yourself and singing. Nope. Weirdo. Don't do it, George. Weirdo. Don't sing in the shower either. I know you're wondering. Don't do it. <laughs> Why did I wasn't. Larry, <laughs> this is a good question for Larry. Larry's been alive longer than we have, so he may know the answer. Larry, why do people sing in the shower? Yeah. He said the sound. See, we, we they want to hear your voice. Yeah, it's the, it's they can't the, hear you. It's the acoustic. This is the old the wisdom. Mm. Mm. Yep. Not me. Just give it a shot, Jay. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to scare the whole family. I'm going to belt <laughs> one out. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's that. Um, the, one of the other things that I, that I do is I have found helpful... Um, to to just walk either around this church mm-hmm. inside, not because I'm doing prayer circles. That's a, that's a callback to earlier episodes. <laughs> not doing prayer circles in here, but because I don't know, it's just the way God made me that if I get up and leave the desk and I walk and I pray, mm-hmm. that it's better. Oh yeah, um, I sitting sitting still and praying is a challenge for me but mm-hmm. if i get up and walk around i don't know for some reason it's oh that's, it's that's that way for you too yeah huh. mm-hmm. interesting yeah, it's easier yeah i i don't know so what i guess I what we're why. saying is if you work in an office building you should just get up and walk around all the all your all the cubicles and people are like what are you doing like, mind your business that's me and the lord praying praying so let's 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 dive let's dive into a, a particular. I think I think what um, we see is that there's no one way True. to to do it. Like mm-hmm. there's not 
do it this way and it's a silver bullet that will get rid of all your your difficulties and it will suddenly click for you um people have different personalities they have different talents and abilities they have different life situations my bible reading is going to look different than my wife's because i can come up here and sit in my office and read in relative quiet until you come to you know, knocking on my door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife is homeschooling our, our children. Mm-hmm. So our our lives are going to look different. So there's not, I if I were to say, well, just, you know, sit down in a, in a room by yourself and, and just read for, you know, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd look at me like I was insane because that's just not happening. The mom. So, there's, so there's, there's just different life situations. So as we walk through some of these disciplines, um, we're, we are aware of that. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, there's going to have to be a sacrifice made somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Especially like for a mom that has a lot of kids. Yeah. It's going to probably be a sacrifice of sleep. Mm. Maybe just 10 minutes, but before everyone gets up or after everyone goes to bed. Yeah. But there's a sacrifice made of something. It's usually going to be time-related. Mm. Something else has got to go. Yeah. Could be watching a show yeah. that you like to watch after all the kids go to sleep, and that one's got to get... Part of it, anyways, the time has got to go mm-hmm. away. So, yeah, it's different. People have just got to find it. That's yeah. we all have the same amount of time. No matter, no matter what our where God has placed us in the world and doing whatever we're doing, we all have the same amount of time. And uh, and God knows what amount yeah. of time that we we need. I mean, we have twenty four hours in the day, and He's given us exactly yeah. as much time as we mm-hmm. as we need. Yeah. All right. So, what do we want to? What do we want to do? We want. Well, let's, let's just start an easy one. Bible intake. Bible, Bible intake. Because there's a yeah. variety of ways today. Yeah. That and, you it's, can have and, Bible it's, uh, and it's and it's and it's New Year. Uh, people are um, if if they haven't looked at Bible reading plans, uh, they maybe still are, and and we're still at the beginning of the year, and so people are thinking about how am I going to read the Bible this year? Yeah. How how do you how do you read the Bible, Jay? Like I said, I just said uh, I'll just read. No timer, um, but but do you do you just start at Genesis and just work your way through, or or do you have a different do you have a different plan? You just kind of I haven't read this one in a while. What, right. what do you do? Um, right now, what I'm what I'm doing is just reading particular books. Um, do you have a plan for what books you're reading, or is it just kind of so? Right for flip, me, flip through and oh, this one looks good. I don't know if this this. This won't sound right. I'm not reading these like books to um, preach them, mm-hmm. but they're books I'm interested in preaching coming up, and so I'll read them, but not okay. just one time, uh-huh. but se- like several times. Uh, and then if it, if I if something really like gets me, then I'll just spend uh, extraordinary extraordinary amount of time on like one book. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done the uh, chronological reading before, which okay. is very helpful. Okay, I've done that. That actually was um, super beneficial to see chronologically how you're not reading. Where I've done just read through McShane's plan, mm-hmm. but right now I'm not doing a, I'm not going to do a yearly one. I'm just gonna just gonna read, and um, and wherever I go, I go. Maybe not the best recommendation for someone who's starting out mm. trying to foster a discipline. Yeah, probably the McShane or the chronological would be good, or setting the timer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's what I that's what I'm doing. Okay. Right now. Okay. So I'm looking at as you guys know, you've heard me talk about Daniel. But also now Philip is persistent and he <laughs> he wants me to, to do Jonah. <clears throat> well, I got you to do Ecclesiastes. Let's see what I can right. let's see what I can yeah, convince you to right. do this time. Um and sometimes I'll just read a book straight through. Yeah. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll look at a section mm-hmm. and pause and think about it more in depth. Um, but I also listen to teaching. Mm. I've always listened to R.C. Sproul. Um, he's probably the main person I listen to. Um, one guy I used to listen to, Artaxerdia, mm. stabbed me in the heart. Yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. Disqualified himself from ministry, but he was the he was phenomenal. Um, of course, John MacArthur. Uh, I I just like to listen to uh, to sermons while I drive. I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of what I do it's, when I drive. It's hard, it's hard for me to listen to uh, sermons when I drive since I live three minutes away. <laughs> that's right. It's tough for you to get that driver's head in too for Rome. Yeah. Oh goodness! Got to get those hours in. I don't want to talk about it. That's a lot of hours, man. <laughs> It's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So for you, it's rough. Yeah, you're going to have to <laughs> it's rough. get your. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, you used to walk to church. Yep. But I don't advise listening to uh, uh, your, have your headphones in while you're walking. A little dangerous. But <clears throat> so, Bible, there's a, there's a whole variety of ways that you could take in. I'm trying to think too, like, all right, if I weren't, if it were me when I was just, when I was a plumber and I plumbed all day long and I came home just totally exhausted, it's the best sleep I ever had in my life. I'm telling you, good hard day's work, physically tired, mm-hmm. sleep like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'd get up early, I'd go to work. Um, it's difficult, it's more difficult. We. It's easier for us, obviously, but so... If you're in a job like that, then you're just going to have to say, you know what, I've got, I actually have more time than I initially think, because there's time driving back and forth between the uh, parts or with the supply house, and then driving back to the job site. You got the time. Listen to the Bible. Mm. You can listen to the Bible while you drive. What a great blessing we have the Bible. I mean, now you, you could, can have you Snoop Dogg. You read can it. listen to Snoop Dogg read it. <laughs> yeah, you can have Snoop read you the Bible. You know, it'd be super cool. Is I would like I want I want I would like RC to read the Bible. Mm. Huh? Yeah. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? They won't do that though. Those app developers, they they want Snoop and whoever else. Listen to the Bible. Listen to sermons on the Bible. Um, and I said that on purpose. There's a difference in listening to sermons and listening to sermons on the Bible. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen to sermons on the Bible, mm-hmm. expositional sermons. Um, so that's that's it. That's the way. That's the way I do it. As you read, what what's your process? Um, so two different ones, two different two different processes, I guess. Because sometimes I'm reading to maybe just learn a book more in depth. So mm-hmm. I'll read that paying closer attention to um, 
the way the book is put together and the arguments flowing. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes just for devotional reading, I'm just reading it to spend time, spend time in the Word and spend time with with God. So I'm not trying to dissect it. I'm just trying to to read it and listen to it, listen to the Word, and also just asking uh, as I read it that the Holy Spirit would illuminate in my own life um, the things that I need to be repenting of. Mm. It's a dangerous thing to ask, though, George. But <laughs> yeah, and it never fail. The Holy Spirit mm. never fails. Yeah, He does not disappoint. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I don't. I, I can't explain to you the process by which this happens because this isn't obviously uh, revelation happening, but illumination through the Word. Um, no one knows you better than than God does. And so that that's kind of a process. That's there's the process of, all right, I'm trying to maybe read to understand the arguments in this book better, understand the theology better. Then there's the process of, all right, I'm I'm just because I've told you before, I, I view the the Bible almost like a stargate. But I've told you that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to go to God. For those people who are not nerds, you might want to explain what a stargate is. All right. So <laughs> a stargate. You go through a Stargate, you can be instantly transported to anywhere else in the universe. It's like you walk through a, uh, like the surface of a ripple of, of the water. You're outside the water, you're, you know, but you go through the Stargate and there you are. Who knows where you could be? You're on Jupiter. Um, the Bible is like, a, is like a spiritual Stargate. It's the only one you have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The candles aren't going to do it. You're going to rub the bowl. <laughs> like that's like a, that's like the that's like the dog whistle for a demon. You know what I'm saying? Those are illegitimate stargates. They don't work. So uh-huh. sometimes I go to the Bible and it's just for like I got to un- I want to understand these arguments better, theology better. Sometimes I'm going. I say I just I just want to go to God. I just want to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. So want to hear hear from him, hear his voice. Right. That's it. Yeah. No candles, no omen, home stuff. Uh-huh. Um, not a proponent of the the Christian yoga stuff. Sorry. Not I mean, necessary. there's there's uh, there's some ways in which we should not read our Bibles. That's correct, George. Very correct. I never read the Bible. Well, it used to read the Bible and say, um, what does this mean to me? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how all Christians start out, I think. That's like, you're a brand new Christian, you're a baby Christian, you're going to say, what does this mean to me? So don't do that. Ask, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And that gets into that that kind of way that I would read to where I'm trying to understand the structure, yeah. the flow of the arguments. That's asking, what does this mean? Right. And the way the way in which you answer that question is you start at the beginning of a book mm-hmm. and read it through. Yes. Um, so the way you don't want to read the Bible is just flip it open and, and just read Bible just roulette, ra- just random verses. And then that's talking about me. Um. You, you want to start at the beginning of a book uh-huh. and read it through so you're getting the context yeah. of the flow. And 
before you ask, what does this mean to me? You need to be asking, what does this tell me about God? Mm-hmm. Um, how is this pointing to Jesus? And it's only in Jesus that these these verses, this the, these books are going to apply to me. Right. Right. A good example is Psalm twenty three: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Uh-huh. Um, even non-believers have heard that. You, yeah. you watch enough TV shows or movies, eventually there's going to be a funeral scene and someone's reading Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what does Psalm 23 mean? Is that, uh, is that a, a, a psalm that we just, it just applies to everybody? Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd, <laughs> no, matter, no matter who you are. Um, you take comfort at a funeral. Because, especially because of Psalm 23. Especially if you're the action hero and you're about to take on mm-hmm. a warehouse full That's right. of bad guys. That's right. You want to quote that yeah, you're, yeah, you're, beforehand. Uh, <laughs> uh, Psalm 23 is only uh, applicable through Christ. Yeah. Which, interesting, if you are paying attention as you read, uh, Psalm 22 comes before Psalm 23. Psalm 22 is all about the... the uh, the suffering of the king and how his hands and feet have been pierced. Yeah. Then you get to Psalm 23 and he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, well, Psalm 22 is about the one who has walked through the valley of the shadow of, of death Mm -hmm. and God has rescued him. And it's because of him walking through the valley of the shadow of death and making it through on the other side. Right. That's how we, we can say we can walk through it too yeah, and have no fear because the Lord is my shepherd. Uh-huh. So you, you have to, you have to think about Jesus before you think about yourself. Right. Because all of the promises of God, they only are true in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some just real practical <clears throat> tips real quick. Like if you're wondering, then this will apply not only to Bible intake, but to the other spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about, but you just make a plan. Right, that just seems like an obvious one, but often people don't even start there. Just make a plan. You've shared several Bible reading plans uh, online. I've seen you do that. Ligonier has yeah. a whole a whole list of them. Right. So make a plan. Yeah. Like that's a great place to begin. There's, and there's, I mean, there's no two are the same. I mean, mm-hmm. there. Maybe you, maybe you want to read through it chronologically. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you want to read it a different way. Yeah. Um, maybe you you just want to focus on the New Testament. Right. There are plans for reading the New Testament in a year. Yeah. Or reading it twice in a year. Um, for me, you know, I don't I don't like the uh, the machine plan uh-huh. because it uh, it's got you reading what five different spots yeah, every skip, day. You're skipping around. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't like that. I like focusing on one book and reading through a book and then going to another book. I don't. I don't. I really like, like that better. I too. don't really like. I don't. I don't like jumping back and forth. But for some people, maybe they like that. They mm-hmm. like getting this big, this big picture. Um, I like jumping back and forth between the testaments. Yeah. Um, because if you just start in Genesis and just read through, it's going to be like a long August time or September before you before get you to the, the New, New Testament. Testament. Yeah. Right. So I like reading back and forth. It also helps when you get to you know Leviticus. If you just jump back and forth, you can have a New Testament book on both sides of Leviticus. It makes it a little bit easier to right. to read. Um, <clears throat> so, but, yeah. but there's you know there's different uh, there's different ways in yeah. which people can can do it. I mean, 
Yeah. Different, no. different personalities, different, different goals. If your goal is to read through the entire Bible in a year, there's plans for that. If you want to slow it down, there's plans for that. Um, last year I read, I read twice. I read through it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I read through the new American standard and then the new legacy standard that uh, master seminary mm-hmm. helped produce. I, I read through it twice. And uh, one of the things that I, I gleaned from that is that's too fast. <laughs> that's too fast for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get as much out of it as I would have liked. Yeah. I read through it twice. So, I mean, there's benefit, there's benefit to that, but, um, reading, you have to, you have to read at a, a pretty fast pace and you're not able to, to sit with a passage as long as I would like. Yeah. But for some people, they've got time, they've got time to, to read through the Bible two, maybe three times uh, right. a year. Right. Um, I think MacArthur, I think he reads through his Bible twice a year. I'm not sure. Year. I'm not, I don't know. He re- uh, unless he's changed, he's he read it uh, more than once every year. Mm-hmm. George Mueller, you know George Mueller? Um, he read through his Bible five times a year. Yeah. Some people are just built different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, you, what's your goal? Uh-huh. And then there are plans. There's actually a website you can go to that you can you can put your own plan together. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you can, you can tailor make that's one. Your, yeah. So, yeah, make a plan. But not only, not only make a Bible reading plan. Make, and I've got a... But, I've got but, a uh, but plan it out more in detail, like how you're going to do it. Yeah. Like when, like when in the day am I going to do this? Right. You know, and how long am I going to have to do it? So be specific with your plan making. You see what I mean? Yeah. And I've got an app on my phone that's just called Bible Tracker. Okay. And you literally just go in, get on ah, a book, and you can uh-huh, just you uh-huh. can just mark it off so that you mark out what know you your, mark off what you've read. You know what you've read. That's cool. And, and kind of your progress. Um, and you can put you can put different ones on here. So I've got New American Standard, mm. LSB. Um, so you can see kind of what you've done. In That's the cool. Past. Um, I like so that. I mean, we live we live in such a. There's so many tools available. Yeah, we yeah. live in such a great time when there's there are just tons of mm-hmm. different tools to help you with your your Bible reading free, to, to help free, you. Yeah, to help tools. you to help you plan where you're going. <clears throat> yeah. So you know, make a make a plan like we said. Another one is you want to just try to have some type of consistency in your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Developing the consistency is the key to making it something that becomes a discipline and not something that's just like a, a habit or less than a habit that you'll do mm-hmm. when everything's perfectly fine. The more regular you do it, I don't really know the psychology behind it, but eventually it's going to set in. It's going to become what you do. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the same for any field, really. I mean, these things, as you think about, like, how do I start to formulate and change who I am? An athlete will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I am going to hit every day at this time a hundred baseballs, mm-hmm. and they will do it no matter what. Every, I mean, you talk about pro athletes. Yeah, they are pro athletes not because they're the most skilled, because by the time you get to like the minor leagues, the skill level is is uniform, mm-hmm. right? The ones that make it to the big leagues are the ones that have disciplines. Mm-hmm. That's what separates them from everyone else is discipline. Um, 
And so be consistent. Uh, having some type of accountability is helpful too. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say two things. The first is um, this is not as hard as it might appear. Mm-hmm. The I mean, you pick up your Bible and like that is a big book. Um, you read it about fifteen minutes a day, and you can read the Bible in under a year. Fifteen minutes a day is not that's long. not that's not long at all. No, I mean we sit down and watch TV for much longer, mm-hmm. or just absent-mindedly scroll through Facebook. Sometimes I stare into space for more than fifteen yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, daydreaming about watch who YouTube, knows what. Watch YouTube videos. <laughs> uh, I mean we 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 do all kinds of these little things that just eat away our time. Fifteen minutes of, of just reading the Bible mm-hmm. will get you through the entire Bible in under a year. Not not you know on on you know December thirty first at eleven fifty nine, but with with days to spare. Right. Um, and, and you, you, just, could you just set down, set your timer like you were saying, just set it for fifteen minutes and just read. And you could, if you're driving and you're not reading, you could listen to it at even faster than that because you could put it on 1.25 speed. 1.25 speed doesn't sound weird. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like someone who has a a quicker kind of like tempo or cadence to their way they they speak. Yeah. So you could take in a lot of Bible Mm -hmm. through reading and and listening just 15 minutes a day. But have some type of accountability. Yeah, you need need to have it. That was the second thing I was going to say is that we don't read our Bibles in isolation. Mm -hmm. We read them together so our our hope is that every single member of our church is reading their bibles so we're re- we're reading our bibles together we, we're not in the same place at mm-hmm. the same time but as we're reading through the text we're all familiarizing ourselves with the bible and so we we're able to talk to each other about it and hold each other accountable and i mean i'm i'm reading um genesis right now mm-hmm. um Julia is reading. What is she reading? Now I'm just. Oh, she's reading uh, Samuel, I believe. I believe she's in. I believe she's in first or second Samuel, because uh, she's reading along with with uh, the Sunday school. Um, we're able to talk about. You know, she has questions. She's able to ask me. We can talk about the text. Um, we're reading through Proverbs with our family devotions. Mm-hmm. So all of us are are in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. We're able to talk about it and discuss it. Uh, we don't don't read it don't read it in isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some other things to remember as you're, as you're fostering is there are going to come times where you're going to reach a decision because things things get things get difficult, mm-hmm. right? And they get in the way. Mm-hmm. So then comes a test of your determination. Yeah. So know that that's coming and determine beforehand that even when things get in the way, you're still going to prioritize this. Mm-hmm. Now, there could be an element of flexibility, right? Like Maybe something comes up during your normal time, life happens, yeah. move it to later in the day, but have a little flexibility ma- uh, mixed in with the um, perseverance that you're going to need to do it. Mm. Uh, just determine ahead of time that it's something that you're going to do. Yeah, God's Word says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Um, we make time to eat, right? Right. <laughs> we may, we may something may come up and we have to push when we get to eat later, um, but we still eat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 
why would we skip our Bible reading any more than we would skip eating for a day? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you are correct. All right. So we did prayer just a little bit. Um, let's maybe talk about a couple of practical ways to go about praying more. I thought of this because my my uh, watch just went off. It told me to get up. It told me to get up and move because mm. I've been sitting here over an hour now. Yeah. So um, one thing that I've done before is I've when that goes off, I'll get up. As I said, I have I'm moving, mm-hmm. I'm walking. Yeah. Now I'm praying. Mm-hmm. So use your technology. God's giving you this great gift of te- technology. It's come from Him. You know, men created it, but He equipped us to make it. Utilize it. Mm-hmm. Set some timers through the day. Mm. That just something simple like that could prompt you to pray. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. There's something I don't know if we if we've been taught this, uh, you know, growing up in church that it's got to be some kind of spontaneous, um, super mystical experience, uh-huh. um, and so we don't we don't think well if I set a timer, it's you know it's not. It's not as meaningful, or I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually praying the way I'm supposed to. Uh, we read in the book of Daniel that Daniel goes to his upper room and uh, faces Jerusalem three times a day. Mm-hmm. And Same, when yeah. you know Daniel chapter six, when when the advisors to the king they they trick the king into making this law, they know that Daniel is going to be praying at a at a specific time. time. They know, they know where to find him. Yeah. Uh, they go at a specific time, and hey, there's Daniel because well, you could set your could set your watch by it. Yeah. That's where he's going to be. Are we saying that Daniel wasn't praying correctly because he had a mm-hmm. a discipline of going and praying at this specific time? Um, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, "All right, at this time, I'm going to pray." Yeah. So these these are this is these are the big obvious ones we're kind of hit praying. Yeah, evangelism. What about? Let's talk about one serving. How about well, what, that? Before we move from prayer, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that has helped me in my own discipline in prayer is tying it to the scriptures. I think often we don't know what to pray for. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't know how to pray because we've we've kind of separated these two disciplines. My advice to people is read read some scripture. It doesn't even have to be very long. Yeah, right. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a part of that that longer time that you're sitting down and reading. Take take a passage or two that you've been meditating upon or maybe you've been trying to memorize it and use that as your starting point for your praying. Mm-hmm. All right. So pray the scriptures. Yeah, I found that to be the most helpful for me. That that's I, been that's been transformative for me. Yeah, and I learned about it in this book. Uh-huh. Yeah, Donald yeah, it was, yeah. and it's it's so it's so obvious. You see the you see the saints in the Bible mm-hmm. praying mm-hmm. praying passages of Scripture. Yeah, um, read through the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers, and there's a lot of references to stuff that's happened in other parts of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, David and and the others they're they're praying based on other passages. Right. Uh, we. 
you'll you'll find if you'll do that if you'll take a verse or two or a passage um, from scripture and you'll return it in prayer you'll find that your prayer life will immediately improve yeah you'll find it easier to pray for sure yeah um i think one if i if if i could pick one for our church to focus on i feel like our church does a pretty good job of getting bible intake mm-hmm. whether it's reading personal listening to sermons uh coming to church and getting sermons sunday school um i'd like to see them foster the folks of our church maybe a better spiritual discipline of, of evangelism. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think this one is maybe not as natural uh, yeah. to think of. When we think about a spir- spiritual discipline, we're thinking about Bible reading, sermon listening, praying, maybe even fasting. For some people, they would think of fasting. But what about the spiritual discipline of evangelism? That's mm-hmm. in here in Whitney's book. I mean, this is something we're told to do by by the Lord. Make disciples of all nations, and we have to take the good news uh, of Christ with us into the world everywhere that we are. There are evangelists that are gifts to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but that doesn't mean that we aren't to be sharing the gospel mm-hmm. or sharing the the faith that we have. So, let's kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. We didn't plan this out, but let's think about how do how could we begin to foster that type of spiritual discipline in our life. Well, I, I think that one of the things that we can do is is we we have this idea that evangelism has to be this big this big event. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to go to some stranger and just start sharing the gospel or you know street preaching or something. Parents of with unbelieving children can evangelize throughout the day, like every day. That's that's uh, one of the things that we're supposed to do is is raise up our children uh, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, and we're to be sharing the gospel with them. So I'm, you know, me and my wife, we share the gospel with our kids all the time. Like mm-hmm. that's and that's evangelism. That's not that's not um, that's our first our first priority. Our first goal is we want our kids to trust in Christ, and you have to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. We don't just want to assume. Well, they'll they'll catch it from church. <laughs> if we if we bring them to church, they'll just become Christians. Right. Um, we need to be intentional. And so when we do family devotions, we preach the gospel to them. When we discipline them, we try to preach the gospel to them. Just throughout the the day, we find opportunities to preach the gospel to them. It's, there are people that you're around that are lost. And you can share the gospel with them on a pretty regular basis, right? But yeah. you have to be intentional about it. You have to remember they're lost. Mm-hmm. They may be a good friend or a family member, and they're you know they're really nice. And I don't want to make things weird, but they're perishing, and so we need to be intentional about sharing the gospel with them. Right? Yeah, yeah. So as you start to try to formulate this. Discipline. First, begin with nailing down the gospel. Like, know the gospel well, be prepared. That's part of being prepared, mm. so that you're prepared in any situation. That doesn't mean you have to have an answer for every philosophical right. you know, thought that's out there or objecting to Christianity, because evangelism is evangelism. It's proclaiming. It's not 
apologetics, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to give uh, an apologetic defense. Mm-hmm. You just need to tell somebody the gospel. Right. That's powerful enough to convert mm-hmm. even the most dug-in critic and hater of God to hear the gospel and have the Holy Spirit change their heart. And and by evangelism, we mean specifically proclaiming the good news about mm-hmm. who Jesus is and what he's done. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so death, so, burial, and resurrection. Right. Don't forget that part. So not often so forgotten. Not, it's it's <laughs> it's it's not sharing your personal testimony. Right. That that can be a tool that you can use, but the gospel evangelism is the explicit proclamation of what God has done in Jesus and then calling people to repent. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that we need to be really um, careful to do in our evangelism is actually use scripture. Right. That that's uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Romans 10, 17. And so we need to make sure that we are, actually using scripture mm-hmm. so that the the word that God has given for salvation does its work. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd, it'd be really silly for, you know, a medieval knight to spend all his time um, giving an apologetic for his sword instead of just using his sword mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what God's word is. Right. It's a sword. We don't need to spend all of our time trying to argue for why our sword is sharp. Show them, right. <laughs> you know, show, show our op- op- opponents that the word of God is sharp. Right. Um, by convicting them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a, there where we, we do presuppositional mm. apologetics. Um, we don't spend all of our time trying to convince the unbeliever of all of these different things. Um, we assume that God's word is true, that they're sinners, that their spiritual blindness, they, they know that there is a God, they know the truth, but they suppress it. And the only way that they're going to be saved is when God, the Holy spirit opens their eyes right. um, to believe. Um, and the, the the tool that he's given us is the word, so we use the word. So yeah. that so that ties in the Bible reading. Yeah, there's you're, you're not going to be a very good evangelist if you don't know your Bible. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, there's a Trojan horse in everyone's heart placed there by God by mm-hmm. his by his general grace to all mankind. It's the conscience. Mm-hmm. So you use the word, you use the law. Mm. The law yeah. like opens the Trojan horse. Yeah, <laughs> and. People are convicted, but you know you don't leave them in conviction. It's like you gotta, you know, you hit them with the left hook of the law, followed by the straight right of the gospel. Bam, <laughs> you know. But that's it. That's a, you always remind yourself. Like no, even the person that is the the biggest skeptic in the world, you could answer all of their objections. Mm. Um, you've got to get at their heart. There's only one way to get at their heart. Yeah, that's through the law and the gospel. Man, you have a you have a good story about that. Yeah, don't you about spending all this time trying to convince mm-hmm. convince somebody? Yeah, I spent one summer with a guy who was a lawyer. Really, really like him. Good guy. Um, he uh, he picked my my way in was he picked me up. They had a like a lawyers softball league in Kansas City. 
And he's like, I'm going to pick this dude up. Uh, he used to play college baseball. <laughs> it's probably dangerous for me to be out there playing softball with these with these lawyers. You know, I'm hitting a ball, <laughs> and it's like, and like the reactions are so slow. They're like, <laughs> after it's gone. So well, that was my well, that was least, my way in. Well, you know, if you hit someone, at least it's just a lawyer, just right. a lawyer, <laughs> just doing the world a favor, just doing my part. Too many of them out there. So that was my way in. But we'd spend like every Friday night a couple hours together, and um, just sitting around talking. Hmm. And he'd had all all of these objections, so you know, I I kind of knew which ones were coming, so I was prepared beforehand. And over the over the summer. Answered all of them. Get to the end of the summer, you know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him. I'm trying to apply some pressure to say, look, you know, you know everything now. So he actually said, I, uh, I believe you, you've answered all of my objections, and I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That he was who he says he was. He said, I believe that's the best explanation. He said, I just can't believe it. What he meant was, I just cannot surrender my life to him. Mm-hmm. Because he knew what it meant. Yeah. It would mean total life change. It means surrendering. It means death. Right. Christ is Christ will kill your old man. Like, the old man dies. You come to Christ, and your old self dies. And see, some people can get there intellectually, and they can know what he's calling people to. Because... The Bible is it's there. Yeah. You read it, you can see what he's saying. Um, spiritually, you can't get there. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you come in, you you uh, you try to address the heart through the just through the gospel, mm-hmm. and you trust that uh, God will do what He will with someone. If it's His will to uh, to bring them to salvation, then it is. And the answer may be. Not right now. They may become a Christian later, later in life, and they'll yeah. remember all the time you spent with them, right. and all the times you shared the gospel with them. Sometimes that's the way it, that it is. Sometimes someone will be converted immediately. What was the name of that that guy? You love telling the story of the the guy who heard the sermon decades. The, the George Whitfield sermon. Was that the guy no, who made fun of George? No, Whitfield? no, it was the it was the guy oh, who yeah, was yeah, he was yeah. like. 90 years old. I got to look this up. Yeah. This this is a true this is a real story. Yeah. Um who is the preacher that he was listening to? Puritan contemporary of in the same time period of Bunyan. It wasn't Bunyan, though. Dang, it's right there, George. Right there. It's just right there. It's like on a shelf in my mind. And I <laughs> yeah, can't I've heard it. you tell the story several times. I, but it's, I don't remember all the. So he all is the a. I believe he's an eighteen-year-old, somewhere in there, and he hears this guy. Oh, he's open-air preacher, Puritan, mm-hmm. open-air preaching, and he thinks, "What a preposterous, stupid story! I would never become a Christian." Comes to America because you know people are. Coming to America in droves, the col- co- the colonist. Oh, I use the the bad c word. Oh, and uh, becomes a farmer, successful farmer, big business. Completely unsatisfied with life, even though he has everything, he has accomplished the colonial American's dream. Has a big farm, everything he ever needs. He's standing there looking out over his field, unhappy with life, unsatisfied. 
and he hears the words of that preacher mm. from when he was a teenager, and God calls him, and he becomes a Christian. Yeah. Spends the, the remaining few years of his life like investing in the kingdom of God, involved in his church. It's amazing. And it, and his headstone, I gotta find. I gotta. I'm gonna find the details on it because I'd like to actually visit this guy's headstone. Mm-hmm. Where's his gravestone? Yeah. It says something like, "Here is George Mays, um, died 95 years old, five years a Christian, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, five years in the Lord. Yeah, amazing. That's you can't do that. Nor would he ever know that that sermon he preached <laughs> right. would have that a." impact. And you don't know either. You don't know the people you share the gospel with, what God will do with that. We get so we get so caught up and I I think this is probably just a product of um the second great awakening and and revivalism. We get so caught up in results that we lose sight that we're just called to proclaim the gospel. The results are left up to God. But for us to be faithful is just to herald the good news. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we just get discouraged because we don't see results. Yeah. So here's, here's three really practical ones. Be prepared, which means rehearse the gospel regularly. Mm. Death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Some law. <clears throat> know the Bible verses. Mm-hmm. You want to know, you want to know them. Now, if you can't quote them exactly, but still use the scripture as a basis, mm-hmm. But be praying for non-believers, the people that you know in your life that aren't Christians that need to hear the gospel, pray for them specifically, mm. and then pray that God will give you the opportunity to do it. Yeah. If yeah. you take the last step mm-hmm. and do that, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I, that I guarantee and that, it. And that, that brings us back up to that first one. Be ready. Yeah. Don't don't pray, God, give me the opportunity to talk to this person. And then when the opportunity shows up, you're oblivious. Right. <laughs> like be ready. Be ready for that that opportunity when it arises. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You gotta change your mindset, you know. You gotta wake up in the morning, you gotta be like, I am like a uh insurgent mm. into a into a into this foreign kingdom. And I will be ready to do damage to this kingdom at mm. any opportunity. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think of yourself that way. Mm. Like, I've been inserted here. Like, Paul talks about, uh, he, he uses, the, he uses the, the outpost of heaven like it's a colony, like the Philippians are a colony. Yeah. Well, what's in that little colony? What's in that outpost? Why is he using that language? Because Philipp, Philippi was... Uh, it was a military town where all these soldiers retired to, and they know what it means to have a little outpost and what it's for. It's yeah. for the advancement of an army. So start to view, start to view yourself that way. Mm. So there's that. There's a, here's one that I think is good that, that people should recapture. Um, like how about, I guess he calls it solitude. Mm. Silence and solitude. That's one that Christians really need to get get back to today especially in america yes yeah yeah, that's um, what, yeah. it's um if you think about the times when you're actually surrounded by quiet there's there's a lot of distractions mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i struggle with this you, you find some downtime and what do you do mm-hmm you pick up the phone and just 
mindless scrolling. Mm-hmm. And you're not even on TikTok. <laughs> if no, you, but you, no, but you keep sending me if, TikToks. If you want to take mindless scrolling to the next level, <laughs> if you'd like to grow in your mindless scroll, scrolling, George, download it. <laughs> uh, but it provides so much uh, material for the podcast, I can't delete it. Do you know what really turns me off of TikTok? It's these grown these grown adults, and they're just immature. Mm. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> you you have set your phone up to record you doing some stupid dance. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> well, George, we know we know you grew up Baptist, and Baptists don't dance. That's true. So that we'll give true. you a little grace here. Uh-huh. Some people yeah. like to dance just because they like it. Yeah. Did you know? Oh, this is chasing. <laughs> this is chasing rabbits. Um, I don't know if you've ever read. Oh goodness! Now I have completely blanked on the name of of this book, but it was written by one of the professors at Southern. It was on church discipline in um, the early Baptist churches in America, mm-hmm. and he uh, he recounts a, a story. It's it's recorded in these uh, the the minutes of this church that they uh, they actually disciplined a couple, a married couple. For dancing in their house together, yeah. <laughs> for dancing in their house, <laughs> wow. That's hardcore Baptist. That's, That's that not... is crazy stuff right there, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've got a really funny joke I could tell right now. Yeah. Um, my dad used to tell. Can I say it? Can I say it? it has? It... I don't know. I don't know. If you're asking me, probably not. Oh man. <laughs> I got. I, I want to tell it so bad, George. It's pretty funny, and it fits perfectly with what you're talking about. Yeah. And the church discipline. What if I tell people, cover your kids' ears? <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Okay. I, hey, everyone heard me say, maybe you shouldn't tell it. <laughs> so, All right. I'm, oh, abs- I'm telling it. I'm absolving myself right. of responsibility here. This is not a dirty joke. Just because I use the word sex, it doesn't make it a dirty joke. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, goodness. Cover your kids' ears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the S word. Okay. All right. So here's the joke that I used to, used to hear. There were two Baptist jokes my dad used to tell me. Maybe I'll share them both with you right now. Now you're... <laughs> So <laughs> now you're uh, now you're dragging your dad into this. Well, we, you know we weren't Baptist. My dad was a chaplain in the army, not yeah, Baptist. Uh, yeah. But he has good. Jo- my dad's got good jokes. There are bad dad jokes, mm-hmm. but my dad always had good jokes. Okay. Okay. So here's this one. <laughs> George, look at George's face. George, why don't Baptists have sex standing up? Oh no, Jay. <laughs> Because they're afraid it would lead to dancing. All right. And now the joke makes real sense to me because you told me that they disciplined out a married couple uh-huh. from their church for dancing in their own house. Yes. The joke is not a joke now. Yeah. <laughs> it's now real it's now become reality. Yeah. Second one. I'm gonna George. have to find that. I'm gonna have to find the the book and and find okay, that, find Un- that you can you. uncover your kids' ears now. But the second one's funny too. Mm-hmm. He used to, my dad used to tell me, uh, "When you go fishing, why do you always take two Baptists?" Do you know why? I don't. Because if you only take one, he'll drink all your beer. 
Yeah. Because the joke is, mm-hmm. is they're hypocrites, uh-huh. and right. if you take two, they won't drink at all. Mm. Funny jokes. Yeah. I liked them. Still like them. Yeah. Makes total sense now, though. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that, Jay. You've really... <laughs> See... <laughs> You've really, uh, you've really brought our podcast to a new level. I, that's that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, what were we talking about? The spiritual discipline <clears throat> solitude. of solitude, solitude, and silence. This is a. This one is. <laughs> you can't get over how funny that joke was. All good jokes are based in reality. Yeah. Little did I know how real that joke was. Mm. Um. Yeah. Solitude, George. Very, this is a very big challenge for those with, with kids. Oh, yeah. Is there a moment where there is any silence? I mean, this is this is like, for the early years, this is tough. Yeah. This is real tough. <laughs> yeah, maybe when they're all asleep. Yeah. <clears throat> but then, though, if you don't go to sleep, you may miss a golden opportunity to yeah, actually yeah. get some sleep. Yep. Very challenging. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, here, here's one that I found to be practically helpful. Okay. Uh, when I drive, uh-huh. I've told you before, I do like to listen to sermons when I drive, mm-hmm. but sometimes I won't listen to anything. Mm-hmm. No sermon, no radio, nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll just drive, and I'll think. I'll just kind of think and meditate on the Lord. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So there's my solitude. Yeah, um, I was going to say the same thing. That's that's a great time. Turn off the radio and meditate upon scripture. Pray, mm-hmm. yeah. Preferably with your eyes open. Yeah, though in Latin, I don't know if it makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's that's a great time. Mm-hmm. Solitude, eyes open, solitude. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever works best for you, but I like, um, I like eyes open. Yeah, especially. Um, when driving my vehicle. I mean, just little things like put your phone somewhere else. Like turn it off. Like yeah, turn it, it. Turn it off. No put buzzer. It, put it somewhere else. Um, we act like it's an extension of our body, but we can go half an hour without our phone. I mean, you go in the movie, go watch a movie. You don't, you don't look at your phone. Hopefully, hopefully you're not that guy. <laughs> You know, run the movie experience because uh-huh. the blue glow comes on. Yeah. Yeah. You can do without it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So develop some salt. Saltitude is very good. Uh, I mean, there's we don't have to go through all of these on here. There's a whole bunch. I'd encourage people to go through them from stewardship, fasting to serving. I mean, service is a good one, too. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll end on service. Okay. Like, if you aren't involved in serving... Um, get involved and do something. There's always something that can be done. Uh, not just in the church, in the local church, mm-hmm. but for someone else in your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, become a servant. Uh, what does Jesus say? The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve mm-hmm. and to give his life as a ransom for many. So look around your house. What opportunity is there to serve your parents? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're a kid, like, how can I serve my parents today? How could I serve my children today in a way that I haven't uh, before? Um other Christians, even, well, and obviously again, in the context and, of the and church. again, we're talking about disciplines. We're talking about things that have to be consciously 
practiced. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be looking for areas in which you can serve. Right. Um, you know, when you come to church on a Sunday morning and look around, who's not here? Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or we've got people that haven't been here in a while because of health reasons. Mm. What can you do for them? Yeah. How reach, could you encourage them? Reach out to them, write, write them a card saying we miss you or praying for you or, yeah. or call them up. How could you serve them? Is yeah. there something that we could do for you? Yeah, I like that. You know? It's um, good. Just, just little practical things that, that we can do to be an encouragement to people. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not talking about um, starting a charity. <laughs> we're talking right. about just little things like um, looking around and noticing that this person is gone. I wonder why. I wonder right. what. I wonder if there's something that I can do for them, or just reach out and say, "I noticed that you were gone." That's a that can be a big deal for people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just, uh, you know, a body in a pew. Like someone actually noticed that I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and think about think about also just as the church body in general, like. I've been a church member before, mm. you know, well, I still am, but I was a time where I wasn't a pastor. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you always think like, you know, this could be a little bit better at the church. Mm. Well, if you recognize something like that, perhaps you're the person God has, right. yeah. has uh, appointed to address that need. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't, don't come to your pastor and be like, you know what, I got a, I got a checklist here. Yeah. In my time of solitude, I thought of 10 things that you're doing wrong. Is there somebody that Something can that, do this? <laughs> right. Why are you letting these things fall through the cracks? Maybe you're the person that's to address those needs. Right. You know what I mean? I've told the story before at a, at a previous church. The pastor told told me this story of he. it was a Sunday morning. He was getting ready to preach, and one of the deacons showed up and told him that uh, there there's no toilet paper in the men's room. Mm-hmm. I would have said, well, just use your sock. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have got up and gone to preach. That had taught him the lesson. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's an old army trick, George. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's your sock. Yeah. Well, again, you know, if you if you notice something that needs to be done in the church, and you have the <laughs> the ability to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you usually don't even need permission. Yeah, I just do it. Yeah, that's a funny story, man. Yeah, that is a funny story. It, yeah. It's funny that it was a deacon. Here's my go get some toilet hey, paper. Hey, I, I mean, what do, you, what do you want? Here's one of my pet peeves. You don't need permission to uh, to refill the toilet paper. Just go, just go get a roll, and that's one of another. it's one of my pet peeves. You know what I mean? Like, there are just the things that I just get under your skin where where the Lord is just like, you know what? I, th- I think I'm going to just see how much growth Jay's got in this year. He'll send me somebody right before I preach mm-hmm. with a complaint. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm already getting there, right? I, I'm I'm passing through the Stargate. And some <laughs> hand grabs me from behind and pulls me back out yeah. and says... You need to change the toilet paper. Yeah, you know, and then I had to su- <laughs> then I had to suppress old Jay. Uh huh. Yeah, he starts to bubble out, and I mm. have to say, 
get back down there. Yeah. You don't know, do it. Don't do it. Leave your preacher alone. It, I mean, we have people that listen from all over the place, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy to think about now. So, yeah. hey, if it's Sunday morning, just leave your preacher alone. If you want to do something for him, just pray for him. Yeah. And if there's a need, then you address it. The the best service that, I mean, we're talking as pastors, so it's a little self-serving. <laughs> you know, the best service that you can provide for your pastor on Sunday morning is let him prepare to to preach. Yeah. Like leave, leave him alone. Pray for him. He's about to Encur- go to war. Encourage him. Don't. Yes, we, we understand that you may have shown up and you've had the worst week. And we want to help you. We want to minister to you. And we want to serve you after the church service. Right. Yeah, yeah. Before the church service, um, remember that you're not the only person that the pastor is responsible for. Mm-hmm. Like He's responsible for the congregation. Let Let him do that. Um, with joy, and will will help you. Well, but yeah, and you know it's it's helpful at our church. We've got we've got five we've got five elders, right? Um, so if you if you have a desperate need, you know, if you're in a church and there's more than one one elder, um, go to one of them that's not preaching mm-hmm. on on that day. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. just hold it till after. Or hold it till it's at, yeah. yeah till Unless till after. it's like an absolute emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's an absolute emergency, obviously, <clears throat> right? Before, but but you know, we we serve each other in a variety of ways, mm-hmm. and uh, the way in which you discover how to serve is by considering other people more important than yourself. Yeah, yeah. Hey, since we're just sharing everything, if I'll just I'll just throw this one out there. If it is between two o'clock and five o'clock on Sunday, don't be texting. Don't be texting your pastor because he's probably asleep. If he actually preached, if he actually preached, preached, then he's going to be tired. Yeah. Just let just let him get a little rest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now, if he has a bunch of little kids, he ain't getting any rest anyway. So go ahead and text him. <laughs> but if he does, if he doesn't, uh, this 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 became a weird podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, just some uh, just some insider information about <laughs> what's going on with your pastor. I guess I should make it more specific. Don't text me between two and five on Sunday. All right, we'll we'll keep it there. Can I be specific and just tell people don't call me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're really ending this one on a high note Jane. i know i know it's first good. one first one of the year and here we are i've been trying to cultivate honesty so here it is well i'm just kidding there's i don't know there's is there like a mystique around pastors like an air of mystery i guess i, I don't know I, I don't know maybe it's helpful for people to know like what at least us, mm-hmm. what pastors in our experience, um, what's most helpful for us from from the congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's good. But hopefully, you know, this year people will try to take a, make a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. They're already thinking about things like, 
it's just the nature of the new year. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect time to think about, all right, I need to I need to be growing as a Christian. God's giving me everything I need to grow. He's giving me the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, more than anything that you that you will ever need in your life. Mm-hmm. Um there are Christians in the world that don't even have a Bible. Yeah. That are more spiritually mature than many Christians in America. Yeah. How can that be? Well, because they have the Holy Spirit. Mm. And they have each other. They have accountability with each other. They have com- they have friendship, camaraderie. And uh, so we surely, with all of the things that we have, ability to set reminders, ability to listen to sermons, ability to listen to the Bible, ability to read the Bible in many translations, um, surely we can. We can grow in our faith. Yeah. I can't, I can't find a... A particular passage that would would say, "Thou shalt, you know, thou shalt read your Bible this long every single day." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have an embarrassment of riches, and for us to make excuses, well, I can't read my Bible today because you know I've got all this stuff going on. Um, I think our priorities are are off, and. To whom much is given, much will be required. Mm. And we've got, like you said, we've got so many tools to help us. We ought to to be more disciplined in our Bible reading and our prayers. Right. Um, serving others. Mm-hmm. Evangelism. There's, there really is just no excuse. Yeah. Um, except that our priorities are out of whack and... We're lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Way to end it on a positive note, George. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just kidding. Uh, hopefully I didn't scare anybody away with that with that joke. It wasn't too bad a joke, was it? I've heard worse. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't think it was that bad. But, you know, I was in the Army, and you don't, you know, our sense of humor... You know, Jeff, we want to end on, a, a, on if we want to end a little different. If we want to end on a on a positive note, um, a, another church member sent me a a link to an article, and we don't have to look at the uh, the article, but I, I thought that the uh, this is from the Boston Globe, okay, and the headline it it kind of goes along with uh, spiritual disciplines. Let's hear it. Hey, uh, go to this church should be more like Burning Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my goodness! It used to be uh, for the Catholic Church. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> they tried that one. They had a Burning Man festival in Geneva one time. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's, it's been a problem yeah. ever since. Yeah. For many, the annual festival in the Nevada desert is more than a party. It's a catalyst for spiritual awakening and long-lasting personal transformation. Long-lasting, huh? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's just arguing that, look, when people go to Burning Man, there's all this camaraderie, and it's just free, and you're comfortable, and you can just be yourself, and church should be more like that. I wonder if, a, if like, a Christian went, he could he be himself there? Yeah. Did I ever tell you that time I went to... That's a pagan festival. Did I ever tell you about the time oh, I went oh, to the... Super pagan. The pagan pride festival? Did I yes. ever tell you about that? Yes. Yeah, you did. 
Yeah. We see in Lawton, we don't have things like Pagan Pride festivals, so we're missing out on these opportunities. They're coming though. I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm, me, surpri- I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I mean, we've got we've got. I mean, there's there's a pagan community here. So I go to this uh, Pagan Pride festival with another elder, mm-hmm. and we're walking through this place. They have all these various booths. You know, they've got their crystals and they've got their whatever. And then you know, like the Nordic stuff because mm-hmm. Nordic stuff's coming back. Um. The Celtic nonsense and all the various types of paganism, Wiccan, they've got it all there, man. So nice. So I go to this one booth. This I think it was the lady who like organized this thing, and she had this whole deal about. Um, it was very gnostic. It was like, but it was like the word that permeated everything. And she's telling about how accepting that she doesn't know I'm a Christian. How accepting they are of everybody. Everybody can be themselves. And I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. You you. It's kind of like America. It's very American. Like everybody can talk to each other, exchange ideas, learn from each other, grow, challenge each other on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, this is the way. Like, cool. So could I get a booth next year? Well, sure. Like, all right, well, I'm I'm an Orthodox Christian follower of, you know, that old Abrahamic religion, Mm. uh, the one known as Christianity. Can I have a booth? Well... No, no, no. We don't. We don't allow the Abrahamic religions here. <laughs> like, oh, so, so no. You're not. You're not actually open for, to everyone and to dialogue and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. I yeah. thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. No Abrahamic religions. No Abrahamic religions. <laughs> yeah. Only. Only pagan. <laughs> so. Yeah. Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Church should be more like Burning Man. Church should be more like Burning Man. Hey, maybe we could burn all the old church puppets one of these Sundays, and it could be like that. Yeah. Could we do that? Yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> all right. You want to shut this thing down, George? Or I, th- I think one of us should. We're never gonna get. We're never gonna get shut down. Here, you you can do it. All right. All right. Well, hopefully this has been uh, this has been helpful as we've. Uh, We've we've kicked off the new year. <laughs> um, we we do want to help you um, as you are cultivating spiritual disciplines in your life. So hopefully this has uh, this has played a part in helping you at the beginning of this year to, uh, to focus on Bible reading and prayer and and solitude and uh, meditating upon God's word and and striving to become more and more conformed to Christ. That of course is the purpose of this podcast. If it has been helpful, make sure to uh, subscribe, like, share, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>